Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. <sighs> Looks like it's going to be a late night. How we managed to pull the short straw? It's not a short straw. It's a hot potato. Yeah, well, looks pretty cold to me. Cold or dead? Survey says... We can't ball through the zinger. Sorry. How much is that doggy in the window? Hi, Steven. Good to see you. Bum bum. <laughs> it's my new pop pop. Bum bum. Sure. That would have been yeah. funny. I've been thinking that. about for this podcast that now we're talking about. I think we've started the podcast. I don't know if we've hi, Zach. threshold or not. Hi, Steven. I think every time we say, F I'm going to use the bum bum instead oh, of a beep. That's f***ing great. Yeah. Don't bum, do it too bum. much, though, because it'll get overwhelming. <laughs> bum bum. I hope everyone's having a really good day that you're that you're clicking on our show. We're here to have a good time. Let's all have we're a clicking. good time together. What? They're clicking, we're clicking. They probably tapped, I guess, but tip dance on over. Well, you know, why don't we just start at the very beginning with the thing that I always forget to say, which is hi, I'm Zach, and sorry for being late. I fell asleep in a sunbeam. Hi, Zach. Uh, I'm Steven, and I'm just a goofball who runs around stirring up trouble. You sure are. What a scamp. Bum bum. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, everyone. Special Victims Unit. We're very glad that you're here. Another week, another episode of Community to discuss, and we wouldn't be able to discuss it if it wasn't for our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those are Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, and Brian Thurman, who we're very glad to have back in the fold. Aren't Party we? time. Hi, Brian. Welcome welcome back. Shout out to Mary Baker Rudisa and Danny M. Lugo. Always. We love you all. And we love all of our patrons. You can support us starting at just $5, and you get all kinds of exclusive content. 
Uh, I don't know. Go check it out. It's patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. All kinds of stuff over there. And it helps us drive this show further. We just got old Steven a new microphone thanks to the Patreon. Yeah. Hope it sounds good, friends. Sounds nice and spitty. Oh, oh, yeah. And of course, we got to shout out (laughs) the man who C-sectioned us out oh so many moons ago. Mm -hmm. Our dear, beloved community father at communities on Twitter. They really blindly supported the show from the very beginning and have continued to support it at even the more predatorial we've gotten towards them. <laughs> and I feel like that says a lot about a person. Uh, you would think that stuff like this would sour the the parent-daughter relationship, but it sure hasn't so far. You know, our, our papa once told me a story about yeah. when he used... Uh, season four DVD of Community to slice us out of his tummy wummy, and Jesus, <laughs> how old are we in this scenario? Season four, we're our age. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he 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 was yes, a big boy. And. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he, he said that since that day, you know, he's felt responsible for for bringing us along and. Really so all that goes to say to thanks things. to at communities on Twitter. You really <laughs> help keep the lights closed. on. And someone's got to do it because it sure isn't us, clearly. True. Steven, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good, busy, lots of uh, dancing, getting ready. I have a competition at the end of the month. Um, you know, as much proof as I've seen that you are, <laughs> in fact, a professional dancer, I still feel like it's a cover-up. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, I mean, it could be something like you're really a secret agent, but I feel like it's something a lot darker and danker than that. And yeah. I'm very curious as what's really going on here. Do you think that I could be in like the witness protection program, but I didn't have to change my name or stop talking to anybody? No, because you clearly have no filter when it comes to yourself. Yeah. So I don't think there's a lot, I don't, I don't think you'd not be able to blurt it out at some point. Sure. But that being said, you've kept the secret life. I think maybe you're 40 and have a family that didn't work <laughs> out so well. And you've kind of made your way out, but you have to show up a couple times a month. Sure. And that's your dance competitions in Toledo or wherever you're off to <laughs> these days. Yeah, uh, it's part of the agreement that we have to reset support every couple months. So, Let's talk about community. We're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 17. The first of what? The last six episodes of season three. That's crazy. This is the last full-length season of Community. And like I've said before, after this season, things really change. And I feel like what we're looking... Yeah, things really take a chang. And I I think uh, what we're looking at in these episodes is going to change a little bit as well. So I'm I'm really enjoying these last couple episodes of season three. And season three has been... A little rocky, a little bumpy, mm-hmm. but I think we're on a good track for a nice last chunk of the season. I think so. I, I'm excited. I really have enjoyed the last few episodes, you know, since coming back from our break. Um, but this you know, show the, never stops. We never stop. Can't stop, this won't train. stop. This this is all taped. You're, Steven, you're live on the let's, air. Let's self-congratulate ourselves for about 10 seconds. We are just two dudes. Yeah, it's true. And we've put out a podcast that sounds as good as we can make it sound every week for a long yeah. time now. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's wild, Zach. And, you know, I got to give an extra little clappy clap to you, the editor, 
uh, director, writer. Oh, I I outsourced best that. Best boy, key grips ago. <laughs> I paid uh, two twenty an hour for <laughs> this guy in Singapore. Does it no problem? I say uh, guy. It's a child. It is, it is a very young child. On time, almost but the every, fingers every hit week the keyboard buttons just the same. <laughs> We're talking, of course, about season three, episode seventeen. That is basic lupine urology. And Stephen, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but someone. Uh, questioned us do we know what that episode title means and i Um, do do you is it okay so here's what i thought of it when i first was hearing it here's what comes to mind i don't know why um i'm gonna say that lupine even though it's probably like a a a potato like a root okay uh, but 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 what i think it is is some sort of animal like genus or something like that okay right it's in biology class um, and urology has to do with going potty, so I don't understand. <laughs> so you, about. so that was a long-winded explanation for you to say no. You don't know what the title means. Correct. That started with well, I've always thought, and ended with I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Basic lupine urology. Do you happen to know the name of the creator of Law and Order franchise? He's really prolific. Yes. Ah, because wolves are lupine. Lupin, Luke, Professor Lupus, yes. boom, knock it out of the His park. name's urology. not Professor Lupus. <laughs> and urology is a way for us to get to dick. <laughs> Basic wolf dick. Yeah, nice. With Professor Lupus. I the like episode that. was directed by Rob. Well done. You done? Are you finished? Yeah. The episode was directed by Rob Schraub, who is a big community <laughs> name. That's not a real name. Oh, come on, Steven. <laughs> Rob Schraub is one of the uh, lead uh, creative forces behind the last couple seasons of Community. Uh, one Bob of Dan Harmon's real good friends. He, uh, uh, This is his first directing credit, but he also directed App Development and Condiments, the Meow Meow Beans episode. He nice. directed G.I. Jeff, Basic Sandwich, and then in season six he did Ladders, Laws of Robotics and Party Rights, Advanced Safety Features, Grifting 101, wow. Modern Espionage, and the series finale, Emotional Consequences of Broadcast Television. And it was also written by the great Megan Gans, who also has written some of the better episodes of It's Always Sunny in the last couple seasons. She's one of the mm-hmm. lead creatives over at Mythic Quest. And on Community, she previously wrote Cooperative Calligraphy, Intermediate Documentary Filmmaking, and this season's Documentary Filmmaking Redux. Next season, she writes Paranormal Parentage and the season four finale, Advanced Introduction to Finality. And the episode originally aired on April 26th, 2012. Wow. Um, Hey, Zach. Hey. Quick question. Okay. Uh, For those in the audience who aren't quite sure what Mythic Quest is, what is that? Do you not know what Mythic Quest is? I always thought it was like celebrities playing D&D. You don't know what Mythic Quest is. I don't. Well, I'm sure most of our audience are are, are well aware of Mythic Quest. It's a TV show on Apple TV Plus uh, created by Charlie Day and Rob McElhaney and Megan Gans starring Rob McElhaney and Danny Pudi and um, uh, uh, Cricket. Oh, wow. And a bunch of other people who were new but are all really David good. Hornsby? Is that his name? Yeah, David Hornsby. It's a really, really good show about like the the workplace antics of a, uh, a World of Warcraft-type game. That's awesome. You thought it was celebrities playing D&D? Yeah. No, it's a sitcom. It's really funny. 
That's so cool. I think a lot of community fans really like it. It's kind of in the same vein of, I don't know, sim- a similar type of humor, I'd say. Nice. Where it's like... I'll check it out. It's got Is a it sarcastic on, on edge, but it's but it's like warm. It's on Apple TV, but come on. No one's got Apple TV. You'll find a way. No one's got, got Apple TV. TV. No one's got Apple TV. <laughs> Who the hell has Apple TV? Actually, I think now probably a lot of people do because look at how f***ing huge of a show Ted Lasso is. Ted Lasso? Like, everybody's watching it. Yeah, it's like one of the most popular shows I'd, in the world probably right now. Mm-hmm. And it's on Apple TV+. Plus. Also, they've got The Morning Show, which is really that interesting. That looks really good. Um, has a lot of that. references to Ween, which I appreciate. Oh, cool. Um, that's an interesting show. I don't know. Apple TV Plus. The thing with all of these people having streaming services, it's all about back catalog. Sure, it's good if you've got all these great originals, but I don't think people are going to come just for that. You've got to also have... Like yeah. Netflix and Hulu and Paramount Plus, I suppose, and Hulu mm-hmm. and uh, HBO Max, like all of these shows that we all already know and want to watch, just like mindlessly. Netflix just right? got Seinfeld, which was a crackle. <laughs> Do you remember was Crackle? Really? Yeah, sure. I think Crackle uh, was the streaming home of the Crackle original film Joe Dirt Two. Yeah, it also. Uh, it's like big draw when I got it originally was that it had Seinfeld on it. Sure. Um, but it also had like not quite softcore porn movies, but like very trashy, like low budget movies that had a lot of gratuitous nudity in them. Exactly what you were looking for at the time. <laughs> yeah, which tells you how long ago I had Crackle. Okay, um, so like now we, we 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 we've covered Crackle. Let's do <laughs> let's do some trivia about this. Welcome week's back episode. to you can't crack a crackle cast. Yeah, well, uh, let's let's not the crack is off pod, Stephen. We, <laughs> we keep the crack off pod. Let's keep do some the crack to ourselves. Trivia for crackle. Mm-hmm. I've got five questions. I have five too. I wow. I feel like um, I was kind of rude with a couple of mine, so I'm sorry. You were kind of rude, like to me because they're hard. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll kick one off. What does Annie see as equal to getting a C? Um, equal to getting a C. Shooting themselves in the head. No, uh, getting pregnant at a bus station. Oh, that's what it was. C. <laughs> <laughs> she says something about shooting herself in the head, right? Um, Probably. What was Professor Kane watching when Annie called him to the biology room? Uh, Mama's family. Correct. I never watched Mama's Family. Do you know Mama's Family? I don't know Mama's Family. It's like a white people 70s show, I think. Oh. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like the lady that played Mama was like on Hannah Montana or something. Nice. Okay. What's on Troy's tie? Telephone booths? No. What is it? Spider-Man. Oh, cool. This yeah. is that. Well, they do that a couple of times, but this is one of the times. Nice. How many watches does Pierce have on when he's being interviewed by Troy and Abed? Oh, shit. I don't know. Like, five? No, he has three. All on his left wrist. So that's one of the rude ones, mm-hmm. I hope. Yeah. Uh, what does Professor Kane incorrectly refer to Starburns as? Starface. Mm-hmm. That was funny. Um, what percentage charge was Todd's camera at? Oh, my God. Because it's a visual, isn't it? You have to be looking at the camera. 20? 
No, 92. Yeah, I did not see that. What Armed Forces Award was Todd allegedly awarded? A Bronze Heart. I feel like Bronze Star. Bronze Star. Yeah. Bronze Star. Sorry, it's Purple Heart. That's okay. Sure. Um, This one is less rude. What was the yam's name and why? Because it rhymes, Stephen. Because it rhymes. Mm -hmm. Where specifically is the train to take Troy and Abed? The station on Orwell Street. What? <laughs> this is the in tag. This is in the Dean's lullaby. Oh, <laughs> it's a Dean land. No. <laughs> no, he says sweet Dean. He says to off to dreamland, taking the train to Sleepy Town. Sleepy Town. Oh. Steven. The station at... <laughs> What was it? Orwell Street? Come on. I thought it was like a cop thing. Let's step over that and go into whatever we were sent this week by our beloved listeners uh, who who hopefully aren't expecting too much. <laughs> well, I really pulled that one out of my ass. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I a hair in such- the shower. <laughs> Whew. Okay. All right, so we have a few emails this week, Zachary. Nice. Um, (laughs) The first one is from our friend Jonathan Hobbs. Hey there, Jonathan. I've never met Jonathan Hobbs. (laughs) How is this man our friend? You don't remember Jonathan Hobbs, man? (laughs) You guys go way back? Give us your class. (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) Hi, Jonathan. Nice to meet you. (laughs) He says, hello, Zach and Steven. I found your podcast after you were a guest on Six Seasons in a Podcast. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to Alex over at Six Seasons in a Podcast. If you haven't heard that yet, go listen to it. It was really fun. That was a fun. Yeah. That was surreal getting interviewed by by the Community Podcast. I know. Crazy. That's I remember when we were in high school and we like joked around about calling like I used to always go Zach and Steven have a podcast and we were like, "Oh, we can call it Six Seasons in a Podcast." You're like, "That already exists." Even in high school? Maybe that was in college. That, and that might have been like now when we started this, but I it was even before then. Huh. Okay. I remember, yeah. Cool. Um I remember. Okay. Um <laughs> he, he doesn't. So I had to do some catching up to get where you are currently, but I'm cool. finally there. Wow, that's awesome. Welcome aboard. I'm sorry and <laughs> yeah. impressed. Yeah. Um I've absolutely loved listening to you two go back and forth about one of my favorite shows. I love your friendship, your history, your banter, and your openness about very specific daddy issues. <laughs> I did I, I was curious if that was uh if that was tracking, if if that was coming across, I, was it? I th- yeah, I'm glad that you guys are picking up on that. If our dads it, it comes up naturally. Maybe. Yeah. Um Season 3, episode 17, is definitely one of my favorites of the nice. entire series. Wow. It is a strong contender for me for my Mount Rushmore episodes of Community. It has so many fantastic lines, and I feel like there's no throwaway moments. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I never thought of this one on like a Mount Rushmore, but it's really good. I it's hard really, to argue. really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. There's just it, the only thing, it's not against this episode, it's just how many great episodes there are. Yeah. Maybe we need to add another head to Mount Rushmore. That's not how Mount Rushmore works. <laughs> what if we like? Then cut it would the just be Mount half. Community episodes. That's not the point, Stephen. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think it's possibly the epitome. Mm, <laughs> I think it's possibly the epitome of an homage episode. 
if that's the correct term, sure. that other times have been attempted on the show. But this time, they really completely jump in and just nail it. They totally do. I mean, from the jump, all the line delivery is Even great. the scenes, like, in the beginning, we'll obviously get to it, but the yeah. janitors, like, having a little throwaway conversation that you always cut to, Absolutely. like, someone discovering the murder or, like... Uh, uh, the 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 shots of them walking outside on the campus, but there's mm-hmm. like a hot dog stand, and you can hear police sirens, and it feels yeah. like they're walking around like New York streets. Super cool. So Law and Order was like one of my mom's favorite, favorite, favorite shows. But we'll get into that later. Okay. Um, uh, they just nail it. I actually think Pillows and Blankets would be considered a better episode if this one wasn't so good. By the way, I agree with you, Zach, that I always remember Pillows and Blankets fondly, but never go back to it. And upon a critical rewatch, I had to completely agree with you that it's just not quite as good as I want to remember it being. In fact, there are a few episodes that I've put into this category on this rewatch. However, this episode, unofficially called the Law and Order episode, was actually far better than I remembered it. Totally agree. I so agree. I think I would have put... Now we're getting into what we feel about it, but Mm -hmm. Jonathan, you did it to us. Uh, um, classic Jonathan classic Jonathan what what is it Uh, I I remembered pillows and blankets really fondly and I think more because of that and not so much because of the episode I was a little bit underwhelmed when we revisited it and this Mm -hmm. one I don't have a huge affinity for law and order even though it's one of those things that's always on so I I pick up on all the tropes whether I like religiously watch the show or not Uh, and and so I, I never looked to this one that excitedly but then watching it this time Man, what a half hour. Super fun. Yeah. Um, I thought it was an incredibly strong Shirley episode, Mm. and we seem to agree that there's not enough of those. I agree. Yvette was great. I love it when Yvette gets to shine, and she really shines here. The only sad part is that she didn't get more screen time, but maybe it was just the right amount. Did you say that, or did he say that? He said that. Okay. Food for thought. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I agree. Shirley, I mean, Yvette was fantastic. This it's episode. clear that she's a fan of Law and Order because she changes, yeah. a lot of the actors do, but she changes her vocal delivery to match how the dialogue on Law and Order sounds. Mm-hmm. So I think all the actors step up their game, Shirley being at the forefront of that, and the writers yeah. too, because they wrote to, totally. to the a show like great. that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the dialogue in this was better than the dialogue in a lot of community episodes. Sure. Not that the dialogue's bad ever. Or but the delivery was, of the dialogue. Yeah. Sure. We'll, get so there. we'll get there. Jonathan, um, on six seasons in a podcast, they interviewed the <laughs> they interviewed the director of this episode. He said that he kept trying to explain his vision for and the Stephen, opening. Stephen, that credits. director's name, who is real, has it has it made an imprint? Ross 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 <laughs> Rob Shrob. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> confident today. Um, he said that he kept trying to explain his vision for the opening credits and apparently people didn't get it so he just went ahead and made it himself and showed it to the crew and cast and then apparently everything clicked after that opening credits wow we'll get to it yeah Um, Troy and Abed absolutely crush it with this one I laughed out loud multiple times, which is actually saying something because usually I watch this after my wife and kids go to bed and I'm trying to be quiet I get it, It's I watch these often by myself it's hard to it's hard to have something hit you so hard that you laugh out loud alone. Mm-hmm. I'm much more to the the exhale and the oh that was funny, haha. But I but I don't it it doesn't get a belly laugh out of me when I'm alone that often. Yeah. But when it does, you know that something's really right. Totally. Okay, we've got some trivia. Let's hear it. Nice bolding of the word trivia. 
Jonathan. Um, alrighty. What time did Annie call Professor Kane at the beginning of the episode? Wasn't it like midnight? Like just oh. after midnight? I don't know. <laughs> um, number two. Shirley knew about how to get a classroom key because last year she had to come in a few late times for Ooh. what reason? Ooh. Something for Spanish class. I, I don't know, but I, I can see it. I can see them saying it, but I don't know. Sorry, Jonathan. I don't know what she had to do, but it was like something with Spanish. Um, she had to do Spanish. She had to do Spanish for key. Spanish. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ooh, should have got that. Um, when they... Number three, when they are trying to catch the backpack thief, Troy says, time to visit the restroom, and leaves his backpack on the table with three other items. Oh, God. Can you name any of them? It was his pencil. Was there an apple? There was an apple. And then we have a notebook or something? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, the answers. Nice. Uh, what time did Annie call Professor Kane? 12 midnight. You uh, said just two. after midnight, so don't I said say I said twelve. You said or was... just after. <laughs> okay. You know what, Zach? If you don't want to give that to me, Stephen, you know that I want to give it to you. <laughs> that has nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, number two, to work on a pinata for either advanced Spanish class or Spanish class. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Number three, an apple, a notebook, and a pencil. Good job, hey, buddy. Hey, look at us. Virtual high five. Froop. Um, something. No oh, there's more. No has ever made that sound. I, I like the... Uh, Structure of this email? Yeah. What you're saying? Yeah, it did trivia, and now there's more email. Okay. Okay. So, something I noticed about you two that I wanted to mention. There's oh. been a few times, especially this season if I'm not mistaken, where you try to rewrite the episode a little. Sure. And while I don't mind it at all, I find it hilarious that many times your rewrites are basically you reusing ideas or patterns that the show has already done. And at the same time, you guys have multiple times criticized the show for reusing some of its ideas and patterns. <laughs> Just saying, pick a lane, LOL. <laughs> Just you will saying, never be satisfied. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan, you will never work on this podcast again. No, that's a very fair point. I never claimed to be a better writer. Maybe I probably did say that would be better when we said that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, clearly writing a show is hard, and especially a show like this that's always looking forward. Uh, it, I, that that's tough. Mm -hmm. Solid burn, Jonathan. Solid burn. Well done, Jonathan. Um, ten points, Gryffindor. Uh, <laughs> complete side note: I've okay. appreciated when you guys discuss faith issues in your critiques and summaries of the show. I'm a person of faith, and I actually work in a church, but I'm very aware that many people have been burnt by Christianity, whether that be by a church, a Christian school, or leadership in the faith, and I find your perspectives to be very interesting. There have been times where I would have loved to dialogue back and forth with some things that you said, specifically season one's Christmas episode. If you sure, ever wanted to do really an episode great. with more dialogue in that area, hit me up. I'd be in. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, I actually produced a podcast back in the day, and I know that it's a lot of work, and you two are doing an excellent job. Thanks for doing this. I look forward to it every week. Blessings and peach. Pe <laughs> <laughs> Blessings and peace, J.H. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. I prefer. Let's get a peach next time. A peach <laughs> yeah, nice peach. more peaches. No, thank you. Great email. Yeah, 
Great email. Thanks so much, Jonathan. I loved I how he... Talking to you soon. I loved how he balanced burns with compliments to kind of mm-hmm. even it out. Well done. All right. Next email um, <laughs> is from our lovely old daddy in the window. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> Hi, guys. Oh, boy. Uh, if we make a Mount Rushmore community episodes without desecrating indigenous lands, basic lupine urology should probably be on it. This is Rob Sh- <laughs> it's a real person's real name, Steven. You got you got to be able to do it. I'm so sorry, Robert. Just skip it. This just is, skip over it. Just, is... say, just say what comes after the name. First episode, and with a little help from Ludwig, he had completed most of the introductory credits before shooting began. That's insane, right? Uh, my MVP is Michael K. Williams, just too good not to recognize. Totally. It, yeah. It's bittersweet to see him on screen. Kane is pretty funny in this episode. It was good yeah, to see he's him good. on screen. He has a lot of great energy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, keep a lookout for a couple coming out from a door on the street after Jeff buys a hot dog from yep. Garrett. It looks like there was a sex act that recently yep. occurred. Have a great episode. Yep, there's a thing in the background of one of those like street scene episodes where I guess some of the extras just did this and the like directors and editors and stuff didn't notice until it aired and someone made a gif out of it where someone like walks out of a door or something and like zips up their fly and at the same time a woman's like rubbing her mouth clean as if oh, something shit. just went down. Oh shit. They just like did that, I guess. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Wow. Chung chung. <laughs> chung chung. <laughs> Trivia. What did Troy and Abed tell the maintenance crew they heard in Starburn's locker? They heard uh, a, a I, I kitten. Can't. And then I they can't. were like, well, not anymore. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure anymore, so you better yeah. hurry up. What's Todd's last name? No. I got nothing. Todd did I read you my last trivia question? I, I assume. Did you? Well, because it's Seen one it. that he's about to ask, and I don't remember reading well, then it to let's you. See, well, then let's hear it. <laughs> um, Lieutenant Colonel Archwood suggested Starburns. What kind of man? I don't know the answer, and no, I don't think you said that. Um, a man, like, they said that he was a... Um, you don't even know the answer. No, Holocaust-denying 9-11 pedophile. Yeah. I didn't ask you that one, did you I? You sure didn't. Mm. <laughs> did I if miss you any could turn others? back time, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> if I could turn back time. Uh, okay, the first one, a kitten. Second, Jacobson was Todd's last name. Okay, I don't believe you, but I'll go with it. And then the last one was what I said. <laughs> yeah. A Holocaust denying 9-11 pedophile. Thanks for the email, Dad. I appreciate it. Thanks, Pops. Um, all right. Next email is from our friend, longtime friend, and uh, $10, pay- $10 and up patron, Brian Thurman. Hi, Brian. Good to hear from you. Um, I always feel so bad for Todd in this episode. Britta gets a small part, but I love that she's dressed like Penelope from Criminal Minds. At least that's what it looks like to me. Are you familiar with Criminal Minds? I, I haven't watched a lot of it. No. But Paget Brewster My mom was likes on it. it, right? Yeah. That's the one she was on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Troy and Abed are great playing good cop, bad cop. Yes. My favorite part of the episode is the end tag. I wish the Dean would sing me to sleep at night. Okay, trivia. What does Andy compare getting a C to? Is the question you asked. Getting pregnant at a bus station. Wah, wah, mm-hmm. wah. Uh, and then how does Troy change the Miranda warning? Oh, I don't remember, but it's a, a statement that Shirley had written that was like, Mm-hmm. You, have you, the have, right you have the right to, to say do and do whatever want. you want. Nothing you whatever say you can be hold yeah. against you. But we'd very much like for you to come with us, please, and thank you. It was something yeah. like that. Um, that's all I have for today. Oh, there's an Easter egg in this episode. When they are by the hot dog stand this in the, the background, you see British stunt double come out wiping her mouth, and then a guy come out zipping his pants. Rob Schwab says this was not planned. Come on, buddy. It's not Schwab. <laughs> she wrote Schwab. She wrote Schwab? <laughs> Brian, it's not Schwab. It's Schwab. I could say it because it was Schwab. Um, (laughs) Says this was not planned. The way your brain works, Steven. (laughs) Thanks for the email, Brian. We're always glad to be It's not over yet. (laughs) God, I hope it... (laughs) Please let it end. Damn it, Zach. I was fine. I didn't didn't do anything. Have a great episode, and if you ever want the audio from our podcast with you, I would be happy to send it if you want to release it. I just don't know how to edit, and Mira has all the access to posting our pod. Brian Thurman. But only, like, our parts of it, so we can't actually hear the questions being asked or, like, any of the statements, but just it's our responses. And I wonder if people could piece it together. So our our beloved patron who gives us money is offering to send us something that we did with them and that never got released, and you say yes, but we'll take you out of it? <laughs> that means that there's no better time than the present to talk about our favorite... Wait, do we... Do, do, I think it's time to talk about something that I'm really worried about this time, I'll be honest, everyone. I think it's time to talk about... Oh, uh, no! A, a lovely moment of this podcast that we've come to adore every week Ooh. in which Steven has 20 seconds on the clock to tell us Every sweet little baby thing that happens in this mm-hmm. episode this week, Stephen, you know I, I, I'm worried about you, and and I hope you're okay. Let's get limbered up. Ooh, the Stephen's pop, pop. a silly boy today, and I don't know how this is going to uh, translate to you uh, uh, doing the scholarly effort that is. Mm-hmm. Did Stephen watch the episode this week? You know, Zach, Law and Order was a show that I've been exposed to since before birth. You know, my mom says when the boom boom would happen, I'd kick in her little tummy because she watched it every night. And then as a child, you know, every night it was Law and & Order. And, and, you, and you still would kick her right out in the, the tummy. Best. Just I for... still kick. <laughs> I kick my mom right in the stomach yeah. every time. Too hard, uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> With Far the weight of hard. a man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go full out. It, 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 it's involuntary. Um, it's a tradition. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um... You know what? And no, I think it brings turn out the off best your feminine me. wiles right now because it's time to find out. Did Steven watch the episode this week? And you know it's not going to go well. Did Steven watch the episode this week? You thought I forgot. All right, you've got 20 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Chin chin! Janitors come in, they find the potato. It's been smashed. 
Chun chun. They're investigating. They gotta find out who it is. Who is in there? But the room was locked, so it wasn't all those people. Troy and I better detectives. They're trying to find it out. They think it's Starburns because he stole the backpack from Magnitude um, to get the key. Then Neil was it all along. But it, after they had a whole trial, Stop. Jeff and Andy oh. Steven. <laughs> chun chun. <laughs> yeah. I get. I got that part loud and clear. There was not a mention of poor Todd. Uh, you got. You started off fine, but you tried. You tried to pull too much in, and the mm -hmm. time slipped out from underneath you. Yeah. I think chun -chun. I've got to give that one a C. Yeah. You know. For Chun Chun. You, got, you viewers at home. Yeah. Uh, those watching us right now. They're not. To you, the 20 seconds feels like 20 seconds. But to me, it feels like six seconds, max. It goes by so fast. There's only so much I can do, folks. I hope you realize how hard it is. Play along at home if you want. <laughs> Wait, play along at home? You <laughs> yeah. want them to also yell over you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see Let's if talk you can about describe our it better, favorite faster. funny moment from this week's episode of Community. Mm -hmm. For me, it was the scene of Troy trying to act normal and have to use the restroom, and, and then, mm -hmm. then Starburns tries to take his backpack and they're right around the corner i thought that was very silly really yeah. everything troy and abed but that that moment specifically i i had a few that i wrote down that really made me laugh um the first one was that the troy being undercover i thought that was hilarious and just perfect um i think troy and abed interrogating starburns was so funny the bad cop mm -hmm. uh good cop so great um garrett with the hot dog stand when he's like, you know what? Keep the, keep the hot dog. Actually, keep the hot dog. And Garrett's like trying to hand it to whoever's walking by. <laughs> um, um, the dean getting turned on by like Kane um, in the uniform. Oh, it? yeah, uniform. That was really funny when he's like, and I was a man in uniform makes all the and, and the dean's like, the dean hooping. Yeah, and he's like, does anyone knock? <laughs> um, and then. Uh, at the very end, the, the him singing Troy and Abed off to Dreamland was, was really funny. It was very funny. Not funny enough for you to remember it for my trivia question. Well, I don't look down. I don't want to spoil, you know, I do what I can. What? <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, ruin any potential questions by looking that far down my notes. Wow, it's really on the same screen. I truly didn't look down. Damn. So this episode, I really, really liked it. Uh, last week was an absolute... Uh, ball out of the park and this week was too in a totally different way uh, I've got to say it's probably the best homage episode of the season right mm -hmm. what else was there um I mean I'm not gonna I, I don't remember off the top of my head but this is like yeah. the specific referencing something specific I don't know you, like every episode of community has tons of references from tons well, of the different Glee things. episodes this season too like that's true but even like even that one it's a Glee episode, and it's a Christmas episode, and it's a community episode. This yeah. one is straight community doing a Law & Order episode. Totally. And it's one of those things, kind of like a few episodes in the future that are a little bit hit and miss for people, like G.I. Jeff. They mm -hmm. commit so hard to the concept that it can kind of be off-putting to a community fan. Yeah. I don't think that's the case at all in this one. I think it's absolutely perfect. I think the entire cast shines really well in this episode. The writing is incredible in this episode. Uh, the cinematography, Rob Schraub, did a phenomenal job. Apparently, he spent 
weeks watching Law & Order episodes and then watching them with the sound off just to get like the mm. visual vibe of the episodes to recreate it. And it really wow. shows the the color scheme, the the way that they've turned the Sony lot into the Greendale parking lot into the streets of New York. Super funny. Yeah. They did a really good job. I, I think th- it's awesome. Now, do you like this better than documentary filmmaking? No, I don't think so. I think I might like that episode better. But that one... I guess it's an, it's not really an homage episode as Fair it is enough. like uh, adopting a different Concepts. filmmaking mm-hmm. style, you know. But it, it's kind of hard to to decide what episodes yeah, are considered homage to and apples. Aren't. Well, you can compare apples to apples because they're both apples. That's exactly. <laughs> this is more like apples and like I don't know uh, another fruit <laughs> like <laughs> like pineapples. Oh. Anyway, let's dive into the episode. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad to talk about it. Let's start right off the bat talking a little bit more about Law & Order. I know you said that it's been around your whole life. Uh, Is it a part of your adult life at all? Is it a show that you go out of your way to enjoy? It's still f***ing on. Yeah, and here's my thing. I did not like SVU because I thought it was too scary because all that is is no bueno. Is SVU like rapes and stuff? Yeah, like that's that's mostly what it is. Okay, and that's a lot. Um, yeah, and since I watched it like from a really young age, like that one was like always really scary for me. So the so I liked Criminal Intent, which was more like a lot of murders and stuff like that. Way less scary. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I like the regular one because I really like the courtroom stuff. But so Criminal was the Intent original was Law and Order? Was it mostly courtroom? Um, it's split half and half. Is it always like that? Yeah. Interesting. See, okay, so my experience with Law & Order... Uh, okay. But not every, like, case is just one episode long. Like, sometimes they're, like, three episodes to, like, get through, like, the arresting the person and the, all the way to the trial. Interesting. And stuff. Law & Order is really good, though. Like, to the point where, like, in the... Like, I like the regular Law & Order the best because of the courtroom stuff. But, like, the bad guy doesn't always get found guilty and stuff. And, it, and you know, there's always, like, a... Ah, justice. Yeah. My main uh, exposure to Law & Order was as a kid with a very estranged father who stayed up all night, every night, watching Law & Order episodes, uh, like just below my floor, so the ceiling to the living room, with loud, impressive, (laughs) booming surround sound speakers at like 2 a.m. <laughs> Why? While I'm asleep or while I'm laying like wide awake in my bed, <laughs> horrified, have to be up in like three hours to go to school the next day. Oh and God. I'm listening to murders all night. Oh my God. So that's my exposure to Law and Order. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> to oh, the point fuck. where like the chung chung, like as a kid, kind of scared me. And I've done it so many times. Well, no, I. It's fine. I, I, chung, I've gone chung. past that. Uh, I've uh, I, I've been to therapy. I talked through it. No, uh, so I never had any interest getting into the program because it's, I don't. It, it, not just because of like that. That's a silly, uh, larger than life version of it. But it it didn't make it, it made it seem like old people TV to me, or it made it seem like something that. It, that I that was lame and boring and kind of scary maybe as a kid mm-hmm. I don't know so I never got that into it I guess is what I'm saying. Do you but like that any being of said, those type of shows like that like CSI or 
the only one I ever really got into were some of the silly ones like Psych and maybe Monk a little Psych. bit. I oh, think Monk's great. I love characters, so I, I I felt like I never really cared about the crime of the week shows. I don't sure, because those aren't funny. But I do all. really like Psych, which is funny. I really like Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is funny, even mm-hmm. though if it feels a little bit like police propaganda after yeah. the last year that we've had. And then I really really like this episode of Community, and I have seen enough of Law and Order to pick up on a lot of the details in this episode mm-hmm. that are just classic Law and Order. Of course, starting they couldn't if they if they were going to go all the way out and do it, which they did. Uh, yeah. It kind of helps that Law and Order is on NBC, so they could really kind of have creative liberty with it. Totally, that uh, they create the whole thing with the community, the word coming back, and first it's black, and then it goes what to red and blue, and mm-hmm. there's like the narrator voice. What did you think about the? goofballs that run around stirring up trouble and stuff like that i think the whole like opening sequence is like all the all the like theming on this episode is perfect i mean this scene is like such the opening I, establishing murder order episode yeah starts with the way the camera randoms, is shot like coming upon the murder and they won't be a part of the episode right they're just like these yeah. two random guys even the point where they turn on the light and it takes a second to turn on they're kind of in this like dingy mm-hmm. dimly lit area uh, they're just small talking, and they discover what's happened, uh, but not a murder like a typical uh, <laughs> uh, episode of Law and Order. It would have been perhaps interesting to see a version of this episode that did revolve around a real murder. Yeah. But I, I obviously they what they did here is much smarter, and it and it mm-hmm. keeps it tied to the community uh, universe. It's that yeah. in their biology class they had a project to I guess grow yams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was another thing in your did steven watch the episode this week you didn't say yam you said potato well and i get it but did you watch the episode <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just had to let that out uh they discover that one of the yams has been brutally murdered it's it's shattered glass and shattered yam all over the floor <laughs> and that kicks off the episode uh and i it, this is another thing in law and order where we click and all of a sudden or all of a sudden it's not the 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 discovery of the crime now it's the beginning of this is a crime scene we see chang Mm -hmm. with police tape for some reason um uh and and now the study group or a couple of the members i believe just jeff and annie here are talking to kane about what's happened it's the study group's yam that's been murdered uh and annie being annie is really upset about this and what it could mean for their grades but Kane literally came to this place. The great Michael K. Williams showed up because Annie said someone was murdered. So he yeah. shows up to the school at midnight. And, he, you know, he, this could have waited till tomorrow. Totally. Leave the yam untouched. We'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> what did you think about the Jeff joke here? So Annie got Kane to the room misleadingly. And she also got Jeff to the room misleadingly about being screwed in the biology room. Yeah. I thought that wasn't my favorite one of the episode. I I wasn't offended by it in any way. I like how this this episode the the big investigation behind it could have been over this fast because like anyone normal, Kane says, "Well, I I know that you worked hard on it, so I'll give you a passing grade." 
Yeah. But then Annie like, takes okay. and Annie takes that to like, oh, they'll get like a C or maybe even slightly lower. That's not what I heard at all. I hear like No. I'll give you a passing grade, maybe a low B or something, because it's not yeah. your fault and I knew you worked hard on it. But Annie yeah. sees this as uh, becoming a big blip on her academic mm-hmm. transcript and and she she spirals out about that. So so now mm-hmm. they've got to solve the, the, the murder and I feel like that's kind of what gets Jeff a little bit interested too is because if Annie cares he has to care too Michael K. Williams really does get to shine in this episode yeah he's Kane's really good I love I've always said it about the character I love the way that he brings some real world groundedness to the zany antics of Greendale Mm -hmm. but in episodes like this kind of like what they do with Hickey in season five yeah he gets roped into them a little bit anyway despite him but he still always feels like that real guy who's in the middle of this madness I thought that was pretty funny. Super random that they referenced that show Mama's Family. That's what he has yeah. to get back to doing. Did they say anything about that in the commentary? No. <laughs> <laughs> so Annie is really worked up and thinks that if they can solve the crime, that that will get them an A. That's not exactly what the teacher said, is it? No. That's it never explicitly not. said. But everyone kind of gets right into it, and it makes sense. Surely... Both Yvette and Shirley seem like the type of person that probably go home after they, well, I guess Yvette doesn't have kids, but Shirley, after she's put her kids to bed, maybe she sits down and watches a couple episodes of Law and Order while she folds her laundry or something, you know? Yeah, uh, totally. So, so she's very quick to jump into this whole investigative, like, oh, I know what I can do and what all the pieces we need to do are. And same Choi and Aved, this allows them to live out like a, a, a cop play pretend game that I'm sure they've always had. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny to see how it, it lightens the eyes of all the characters. Yeah. Yvette is really great in this episode. The way that she takes command and and assigns everyone their jobs, really great. Is she, okay, is Yvette channeling a specific Law and Order character here? Yeah, there was a, a, a black lady who was like a lieutenant you know how, or something. I feel, like it's, I feel like it's worse if you're quiet about it. Steven, I know I don't need to remind you, but you yourself are black. <laughs> we're not like at, we're not cousins at the family get together talking talking over beans, you know. <laughs> Did you hear John Earl's been dating a black girl? Yeah, exactly. But what it, there's a well, because you know if you whisper something, it won't happen to you. <laughs> That's like the superstition. Oh yeah, it's um, like, they have cancer. Yeah, you always whisper cancer. Watches both dead of cancer in six months. Anyway. <laughs> um, Who's she channeling? What was the question? Oh, I don't remember her name. But Great. she like had the short, little cute haircut, light skin. I love the establishing scene here of Choi and Abed's dynamic in this episode. I've liked a lot of the storytelling decisions they've made with their friendship in this season. But we mm-hmm. haven't gotten a lot of really classic Choi and Abed goof arounds. And this was a perfect Troy and Abed kind of goof around moment that kind of plays off of their new dynamic a little bit, where Troy isn't just second place to Abed. They're kind of competing to be the same character in this situation. And I kind of like that. Yeah, she was channeling S. Apatha Merkerson, um, who plays. Um, That's not shoot, a real name. Anita Van Buren on Law and Order. She's cool. like the. Chief. I don't remember what her thing is. I haven't watched it in a long time. Don't come at me too aggressively. But I don't think they will. Yeah. I don't think the, the Law and the Order law stands and order. are, are going to be watching our every move. The the Ordies? <laughs> the Law? The 
What, what, what would those be called? Troy and Abed uh, <laughs> quip back and forth, and they're both really good at those cheesy cop, like, well, looks like this is a hot potato. But they get, caught, they, they get caught up on it, though, because someone then has to say, like, the line that starts the next scene or whatever, but they just keep trading quips back and forth, and they eventually have to have this little, like, we can't just both do this. I think it's a really funny moment. I uh, I have something embarrassing that I'd like to share with you, Zach. Sure. You should keep it a secret, though. Okay, I won't um, tell a soul. Every single time um, that I have, like, I don't wear sunglasses, but when I do have sunglasses, every single time I do a uh, CSM Miami, like, really corny thing. Yeah. I believe you. The opening sequence here is great, and the fact that it was done by one person on their computer as kind of a proof of concept, and then it Mm -hmm. ended up being what they used for the episode, it's great. It looks perfect. It's so good. They couldn't have done a better job. And the the Ludwig doing a version that so perfectly blends the Law and Order theme with the community theme. It's really great. What a There are job. moments where it sounds so much like the Law & Order theme, but it's still the same community theme song. It's insane. The establishing shot of Choi Abed, <laughs> Jeff, and Annie walking down a hallway smiling That's and talking hilarious. to each other. Like the cast shot. Really great. This opening scene is perfect, too. Now they're at some place waiting to interview, and there's like normally like chickens running around or some <laughs> shit like that. Well, here is like Pierce, who Chevy, Chevy, Kehevy watch. This is the only time I think we see Pierce this whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's the only time we see Pierce. He's running what? They're taking bets. What are th- on people? I need to get an arm wrestle. They're arm wrestling. And I said I wasn't sure if we'd see the blind, older gentleman student again, and we do. He's this mm-hmm. weird season three anomaly that keeps showing up, and I, I still don't understand how he fits in, but I guess I guess, I guess, guess now he's part of the lore. He truly is. We should get an updated version of the episode where Pierce was hanging out with like the cool senior citizen club. With him in it. With him in it. That'd be great. Yeah. I like it. Troy and Abed walk into the scene to interview Pierce because he was the person set to water the yam last night. So they have to question, see if he's involved or knows anything about what went down. I love Troy and Abed's outfit that they wear throughout the episode, that they have these like long coats on that look like great, kind of sort of chilly weather outdoor cop uniform. Mm-hmm. But they have like a, like a Inspector Space Time instead of a badge yeah what do you think of chevy in this episode for this being his only scene i thought thought this was really funny yeah i thought this was good i feel like there's a chance that chevy was like oh i know law and order yeah finally you guys talk about something that i've seen instead of all this space mumbo jumbo and surprise he you know you know, I was actually uh, an extra in an episode of Law and Order in uh, this year, and they wanted me to be a full time cast member, but I, I was busy with SNL, so I, I yeah. When them Law down. and Order started in the seventies, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> it's really funny. Pierce, of course, says that he did water the AM, not knowing that it was murdered. Of course, Pierce isn't the criminal here. He was just covering up that he didn't do the job that was set up for him. Is this often how Law and Order starts? Where they they there's someone who kind of has like 
a lie and then the truth, but yeah. they're not the criminal. They're just kind of a bystander. Yeah, a lot of the time. I think the fact that Pierce was late to water the yam, honestly, because he fell asleep in a sunbeam, is adorable. Yeah. It's adorable. <laughs> it's such a little old man thing to do. It's an old man nap. I took a beautiful nap today. Nice. I took like a, it was supposed to be like a 45 minute nap. I was down for like two hours. I got up pretty early to take Danny to the airport. So I, uh. Yes, uh, Danny is on the Patreon tier of free rides to the airport from Stephen yeah. Baker. It's you, great. It's you pay enough service. no matter where, no matter when. <laughs> You give his phone a personal call. He'll stop what he's doing, free of charge, fly mm. out wherever you are, and drive you where you got to go. For a $10 nut patron, that's a, that's a deal. <laughs> yeah. Sign up. Yeah, patreon.com slash Podcast for all your airport travel needs. Pierce has a good point. Why are they looking at him and questioning him? Because why would he want to destroy the yam that he's trying to get a grade for? And he brings up the name that uh, of someone who has motive to turn on the study group like this. And that, of course, gives us the, the full-fledged return of our friend from an early highlight of this season. One mm-hmm. Todd, what was it, Jacobson? Is that what yeah, Todd Jacobson. Daddy Bear said? Mm-hmm. Todd is such a weird character. David Nair, who plays him, is, pardon me, such a strange-looking man. And his vocal inflections are strange, and it makes Todd into... Come on the show, talk about it. I'd love to. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. He seems so funny. Uh, But Todd is just so weird, (laughs) and it makes me like him a lot more, because he could have been just some, like, background character, but instead he's got this weird, anxious energy about him that adds so much more to it, I think. So I was glad to see him a lot this week. What do you think of Todd? I love Todd. Todd was uh, my MVP in his episode at the beginning of the season. I can't remember if he was mine or not, but that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Did they say I? It's been a little while, so I kind of forget. Did we learn all this stuff about Todd being a soldier in the in the first one? Yeah, I just the thing I remember specifically is when he's yelling at the end with his turtle in hand. And he says something about my dead father. That's what <laughs> I remember most specifically. Yeah. But Todd here, he is lying, we find out later, and he's clearly, I don't know, should we talk about what happens later on, knowing how it ends? He clearly has some disdain for the study group to where what he did was accidental, but he was kind of fine with it. Yeah, and he, he, like you said, he lies here about what he did, which was his first mistake. If he just told the truth, they would have, you know, it would have gone a different direction. Joy and Abed, they pick up on them. They're good fake cops. But I do have to point out that don't you think at some point this becomes that they're kind of like assaulting this man a little bit. They're kind of – they're not police officers. Uh, it's a yam. Do you, do you think they should, they should probably just leave Todd alone? It depends on how many points this grade is worth, Zach. It's a yam. Well, I mean it's Greendale. <laughs> this is probably their final. We're getting towards yeah. the end of the season. It was about to be their final, and it got pushed back. Do you think this mm-hmm. is the final? Yeah. I don't know. Todd shows them a picture that he took of his yam through the locked door, which kind of is an alibi, but almost seems like a staged alibi. Like, he took the mm-hmm. picture because he knew he'd be answering questions about being yeah. there later on. Also, Law and Order trope, it's always, sure. like, either the the suspect who you suspect first but has an alibi then you find out later on 
that's another Law and Order thing for sure. We get a little scene in the computer lab with Britta. It is about the only time Britta shows up in this episode. Mm-hmm. But her riff kind of off of the super unrealistic way that crime shows like this are like, oh, you see that photo? Enhance. 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 There's his fingerprints. That's Osama bin Laden. We got him. You <laughs> Look know at that I mean? reflection in the water in his cup. And it would have been easy for them to just make that joke, but Britta is so inept that all she's doing is putting an old Western like Instagram filter <laughs> on it. Really funny. Per- completely useless. And Troy, yeah. Abed, and Shirley were taking this completely seriously. Uh, they they are, are annoyed with Britta, but they see that it's a little helpful because they can use the clock in the photo mm-hmm. to see the time to help. I love the bit where it's revealed that Abed has trouble reading a clock. Yeah. Did you see that? He's he like looks at the clock and he's like eight oh, plus talents. two times five. <laughs> I'm gifted in other ways. I thought that was such a good Ovid line. I yeah, thought that was perfect. That was really funny. They narrowed down to that whoever did this had to get into the school after hours with a key. So maybe if they can get some idea of who had keys to the building, they might be able to figure out who it is. I I do like even though it's kind of the type of Brita hate slander that i'm not about the way britta tries to pipe in and she's like well i'm a psychology major so i can then bump bum and it yeah <laughs> and it cuts to something else i really love all the like time cards in between the scenes like lanor does where like the time and days are things and it's like always like an hour later or like 15 minutes like it's really funny this is something that i feel like is definitely a trope in law and order that community's done very well Mm-hmm. The scene where they're talking to the guy who is guilty, but they're not even thinking about him yet, because Neil did it. Yeah. You gave me a look as if he hadn't, as if you had forgotten no, that or something. No, I just talked about that a second ago. I was probably thinking about, I'm going to say this when Steven's done talking, <laughs> and it's going to be a really good point. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I talked about it being like the guy who like... I thought you were talking about Todd. I didn't realize that you were talking about Neil. Well, a little both. Okay, so I'm not... Let's start same over. Same horse, different race. <laughs> same race, different horse. Hey, we're all in the same horse together. We're all buddy. in this together. But no, I think this scene is fun to watch from the perspective that Neil did it, and yeah. he's really nonchalant in this scene, and Troy and Abed aren't really considering him that much. They're just mm-hmm. going to him to get a key. And I think it's a cool scene. I feel like, like you said, that does. I do remember you saying that. Now I listen, I listen. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna sound so smart when he shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think this is a really good scene. Uh, and going back and watching it, knowing who had done it, adds another layer to it. Yeah, I just think that going back and watching and seeing who had done it really adds another layer to it. it makes it so much like more en- enjoyable to watch. I just said so. that. I just said that. <laughs> thanks for watching everyone magnitude you can't crack a crack cast i love magnitude pop they they go to magnitude to question him and it's a classic magnitude they like cut in as if he had told them a bunch of background about the situation and abed's like okay so this and this and this and this and this and this and pop pop and they're like man he rock solid his his case is closed but they realize that it means that someone stole some equipment from yeah. the the biology room as well. Some real Breaking Bad vibes. Do you remember the? Totally. The, I think it was even season one where Walt mm-hmm. 
had been taking stuff and they're starting to realize it and they come yeah. to take, Hank I think comes to take a look. We totally. Watch Bre- Let's watch Breaking Bad instead. Okay. So they're trying to catch someone Say my who, name. They're trying to catch someone who has stolen stuff. And so they try to set up the easiest stolen situation ever, <laughs> just imagining that this thief is waiting around at all times to steal <laughs> stuff. And because it's Greendale, he is. Troy, Troy, he's wearing this ridiculous getup. They know who he is. But he, he he's sitting up in his chair. He's wearing glasses for the first time ever in like this Letterman jacket. And I love his, well, time to visit the restroom. And he stands up, leaving his backpack in plain sight, perfect for one Starburns to to just sluggily look around the, the bookshelf <laughs> and, and just walk up and take it and walk away. Really, really funny. Of course, as soon as he walks away, Troy and Abed are on the other side waiting for this exactly. So funny. One of my favorite moments in the episode. Even gotta... their stances there are like exactly what it always looks like when like Donnie Briscoe and like Benjamin Bratt would be standing there like... Oh. Yeah, good old thought Benny. You, good thought old, you were slick, huh? Good old Benny Brat. <laughs> hey, yo, Benny, come on the show. Let's talk about Law and Order and what you think of this episode. You think Benjamin Bratt's a big uh, community fan or is he still rolling in it after that miscongeniality money? Yeah, I think it's that one. <laughs> I really like Let's the way it, it smash cuts from them... Uh, quote-unquote arresting Starburns to having him in for questioning. And everything about this questioning sequence is really perfect, from the way that Troy and Abed are kind of figuring out who's going to be good cop and who's going to be bad cop, (laughs) to the fish tank that's supposed to be like the two-way mirror separating (laughs) them, and Shirley behind it watching. Really perfect. One of my favorite things about this episode, both times it happens, is when something makes one of Troy or Abed upset, and they start, like, punching the wall and stuff. And like, oh, yeah. walk it off, walk it off. So funny. He, like, smacks his hat off. It's, like, it's for real. It's really funny because the only thing that triggers Troy into, like, oh, he's stupid, is because of something Starburn says about ketchup. He yeah. says, he's like, ketchup's a condiment. You don't order it. And it's, they, <laughs> they, he just knew that at some point he had to blow up, so he was mm-hmm. waiting just for anything. And Abed helps him walk it off. The way that he's like <laughs> gesturing into the air, really, really funny. <laughs> I've got to say, I think this is probably the best Starburns episode of the series yeah. so far, which is fitting because of the kind of twist at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, good old Alex gets a little chance to gets a little chance to shine. Yeah, he does. Good for those him. stars finally get their time to shine. Those stars burn bright. I really like the way that. Everyone is so committed to that they're in a police show right now that when they throw in little references to how they're not really cops, it's really nonchalant. And they they, they walk behind the glass to Shirley, and Shirley's like, he's right. You're not cops. <laughs> I think that's pretty yeah. funny. So they know that something's going on with Starburns, but they aren't really getting anything from him, so they kind of give up for now. They talk about him behind his back, but <laughs> it's just the fish tank, so he's, I can see and hear you. Now, Tell me who this actually- person is. I think she plays a corner on Law and Order. Yeah, she's a character from. They said that they tried on the commentary. They said that they tried to get her, and whoever was supposed to pay to fly her out wasn't willing to do it. But they wrote her an email, and either she flew herself out, or she like made arrangements to make it happen, so she should, so she could come show up on the show. That nice. actress looks really familiar too. I feel like well, I've seen her. So she stuff. also looks a little different because when you probably saw more Law and Order, her hair was like either red or like brown. 
But, but regardless, I feel like blonde. I've seen her in other stuff with blonde hair. Like, Maybe. not Law and Order. Do you know the actress's name? I do not. I don't know. But uh, I think it's cool to have this little cameo here. It adds yeah, super some cool. real uh, uh, gravitas to doing a Law and Order episode to have someone from the show. It also is funny the way that she delivers the dialogue the same that she would deliver totally. dialogue on Law and Order, which is kind of funny because it's a silly show about well, a Well, and I was going to say the writing was so good here to make it feel I mean, like her character. basically just, uh, you know, cut and paste but not it. It was but perfect. not in a lazy way at all no in no a, no in such a great way they cut and paste i'm sorry um no i know what you mean slice and then sew carefully back into place why the accent <laughs> new york and they learn it's a real shame from from this woman who is inspecting the evidence of the mm-hmm. yam that their yam was about to bloom that, that would yeah. have been a great grade of a yam mm-hmm. and look what happened what a mm. shame. Choi's face when he's... It, it's almost as if they're like... It's like they're in the coroner's room or something. Yeah. And they're the like doing the autopsy. And the uh, the autopsist, if you will, says... <laughs> yeah. Actually, they were three weeks pregnant. And then the cop and them was like, oh my god. But but it's the yam that was about to bloom. And yeah. Troy has his oh my god face. Damn. We named the yam Pam. Because it rhymes, Ovid says. Next, we get a scene that I really loved because they did such a great job of turning Greendale into like a New York street. All of a sudden, there's these posters everywhere. There's this really dirty Garrett helmed hot dog stand. I love that <laughs> Garrett is a hot dog vendor. In this. <laughs> I just love it. I, I can't explain exactly why I love it so much, but I but so I love do. It. And the Jeff decides he doesn't want it. I would have taken that dog. Mm-hmm. I won't say no to a hot dog. Have we missed the couple yet? Oh, we uh, no, you see it right there. Oh, there's the zip of the pants. And the girl walked out before him and was wiping her mouth mm. behind them. Why would they do that? Just of their own. <sighs> they just decided to do it. They want to be stars, Zachary. That's really unprofessional. Mm. Maybe someone must someone must have told them to do it. Yeah. Because it so looked like, like hey, a choreographed thing. If... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Annie and Jeff and Troy and Abed are talking about Starburns and how they need to get some evidence on him. And what is it? Annie says that they might as well just find a way into his locker to find some yeah. dirt on him, proving that she's not quite so so sweet as she. Or no, be. I think. Or by the book, doesn't Jeff say this? Say that, and he asks, and Annie's like, "That's against oh, and the rules. now yeah. Annie's being soft. Yeah, okay, yeah. He's like, "Where did you get this softness?" Or whatever the hell he says. So they get a janitor to let them into Starburn's locker, and I love it. Are you sure you heard a kitten in here? <laughs> Not anymore, so hurry up. That's a pretty funny thing. And literally as soon as they open the locker, terribly hidden glass beakers and whatnot from the biology room fall out and break. What was his plan? They were going to do that even if he just opened it like normal. I don't know, but it's really like that. Like every time they get it like a warrant, they like go in something, like see nothing there, and then it's like, wait closet they open the closet and then like and then like all the The dead prostitutes fall out (laughs) of the the closet (laughs) with like a bunch of guns and drugs and a baby starburns walk uh, this is also very this type of show that the criminal walks up just as soon as they're finding his stuff to catch him which of course gives us the classic chase scene that Mm -hmm. troy and abed are more than psyched to be a part of they look at each other and like three times to say at the same time, why do they always, why do they always, you say it, why do they always run? I thought that was a really funny Yeah. Bit. Apparently they came up with that on set. That's funny. 
they chase after him. It's really, really great. They, the way that they hop over things and, and act like they're running through the streets of New York or whatever. The way that they run through the <laughs> dean's office to get to Starburns and the dean's Hulu thing privately. Perfect. Okay, and then Starburns runs up on Kendra with a QU, mm-hmm. grabs her, and says, Kiss me, I'll explain later. Just kiss me. Come on. And she's like, it's not the explanation that's a problem. Yeah. I thought this was a pretty funny bit. It's one of the most classic Starburns bits. Totally. To be one. Just kiss me, I'll explain later. <laughs> no. I thought it was a funny bit. The explanation mm-hmm. isn't the issue. But he's caught. The kiss wouldn't have solved anything. What did he think the kiss was going to disguise? He's got Starburns. <laughs> And a 10-gallon hat on. It's true. I think, you know, if he wanted to do something, it should have been losing the hat if he he stood a chance. Or replacing the hat with another hat. Ooh, yeah, true. So he he spills the truth, and I really love how nonchalantly him building a meth lab is treated in this. He's like, look, (laughs) I just stole that stuff because I'm building a meth lab in my car. He didn't kill the yam. He doesn't know anything about it, but but he doesn't want to say anything about it to help them out because he's building a meth lab in his car, Mm -hmm. and he's stealing stuff from the biology class to do it. So he makes Troy and Abed pinky swear that they'll keep his meth lab a secret. (laughs) It's all very silly. Does this happen? Are there many meth lab pinky swears on Law & Order? You know, there's. I'm sure there's been at least one or two. The way that when he offers a pinky swear and Abed like <laughs> nods, like yeah, go ahead. It threw me off the first time I watched this episode. Uh, this time when when Starburn starts saying it was the army guy, meaning Todd, because I had really kind of forgotten about all of that about Todd. Yeah, and I kind of thought they were talking about someone else for a second. No, I think they said that he got a bronze star in the last episode. I know they did, but it's been a while since then. And Todd just doesn't give off big army hero vibes to me. It's true. So they go to question him. Uh, They walk outside, and he's weaving a basket with pine needles, which is just adorable. And this is the scene where they arrest him, and we get that moment that was talked about in one of our trivia questions where they read him his Miranda rights as written (laughs) by Shirley as pertains to them not being cops. (laughs) Let's see if we got everything. Nothing you can say or do we be used against you. I th- I think we got all of it. Nice. Well done. Bam. You 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 carried that, but good job. So back to biology class. Uh, uh, Jeff brings up in front of everyone that they have proof that it's Todd that he did it and that he planned to do it. That it wasn't an accident. Uh, and and their proof is is not inconsequential. They, mm-hmm. they knew he was in the building. He has a bandage on his hand. And they know people that saw him flee the scene, which is pretty damning. But yeah. before Todd can explain for himself, something pretty silly happens. Uh, a man walks in who is uh, 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 explaining to be Lieutenant Colonel Archwood of the Army, who, yeah. com- who commanded Todd in Iraq and is now sleeping on his couch while he's in town for a wedding. But he's also an attorney and a veteran of two wars, and he's here to defend Todd, and the study group is fucked. Does that happen on Law & Order a lot, where they're, like, in the right on a case, but then, like, the person that's defending who they're up... The person who did the crime, it, it, who, like, stands up for them really well, and they're like, oh, they've got this guy... What are we going to do? Um, somewhat. Like, sometimes they'll like, have, like, sense? a lot of money, 
and they can afford like some sort of really good defender who like can who gets people off all the time or, like you've got like a crooked judge or something uh-huh. um like it also kind of made me piece. think thank you i uh it also kind of made me think of um is it a few good men the one with tom cruise and jack nicholson yeah. and Demi yeah Moore? mission impossible 2 yeah first blood <laughs> so now it's taken to the dean's office and this is that funny scene where the dean just gets distracted by men in uniform uh to where things are escalating there's this war lawyer guy here and they've got to explain their case to the dean now i guess why yeah. do they need to go to the dean um i'm guessing that they were like that the teacher was probably just like you just just go to the Go to the Dean. <laughs> this is enough. Yeah, sure. And they're able to clear Starburns, which is the main defense of the... What is his name? Lieutenant... Archwood. Yeah. Lieutenant Archwood's main thing is that, well, it's definitely the Starburns guy. Look at him. But this is the big thing. Does that ever happen on Law & Order? They know for a fact it's not Starburns, but they can't say anything because of an agreement they made with him to get information. Does that I'm ever sure happen? it has. I don't think it happens. Tell me often. if it ever happens. You know. <laughs> Your law and order. I'm the law and order. But really, you know, it comes up to one word against the other, and and Todd's got the word of a decorated soldier. Todd is a decorated soldier. Mm -hmm. So uh, the dean, of course, is inclined to agree with the man in uniform. (laughs) I thought this was just really funny. (laughs) He even yells, tell us what Starburns is doing or your group gets an F, and Kane steps in there. Kane's a really good teacher. Yeah. He steps in and he's like, look, I grade my students. I decide if they get an F or not. Uh, and he's kind of on the side of the study group here, but not really in favor of them. It's clear that he doesn't like or favor the study group. He's just mm-hmm. got a real ethical code. I like yeah. Kane a lot. He Michael K. Williams is an actor with such gravity that it almost feels out of place on this little show. Yeah, not that it it's a little show because we episode. love Community so much, and it does work perfect for this episode. This was the perfect episode for that actor to really kind of play around with his skill set, but mm-hmm. still be doing a show about a silly community college and yams. And I don't yeah. know, it's really good. Good work. And the dean is just so turned on by all of it. The way he says, I've got a code, and the dean can't help it, he lets out an awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? That was pretty yeah. funny. It's not a favor, Mr. Winger. A man's got to have a code. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Super funny. So basically, this is that scene where Jeff and the study group learned that they're f- because they're yeah. in over their head in this case. Uh, uh, so they've got to figure something else out. Meanwhile, back in the study room... They're, they're trying to learn more about Todd. Shirley found out that Todd's EM never sprouted, so they're starting to have a little bit more motive mm-hmm. on it being him, but they're still off the trail. Yeah. The cut on his hand is, is a big thing that they're not even really thinking about because the, the yam was dropped. Mm-hmm. Why, would, why would he have a cut on his hand related to the, the drop? Because he, yeah. the glass shattered on the floor. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. We should have written this show. Yeah. If I wrote this episode, I just would have thrown in a couple paintballs. <laughs> That's all you need, Jonathan. <laughs> Friend of the show, J.H. Abed gets to walk in and give his version of the walk it off angry moment where he's giving a speech about justice and like, you guys are in here doing all this stuff. Another dirtbag gets to walk free, huh? Huh? 
I think it it, it would have been so funny if they around, kept them how they were, really. but it was so much funnier to have them switch. It reminds me of like in the It's Always Sunny Lethal Weapon movies when they switch who's black halfway through. Um, but this is really, really funny. I like it. It is really funny, and I love the way that Troy explains him. He's like, please excuse my partner. He's been on edge ever since we switched. (laughs) I think that's a really funny bit. And, yeah, that's why it's really hard for me to pick an MVP for this episode, which we're getting a little bit closer to having to do. Yeah. Because I think my favorite part of it is Troy and Abed. But it's them as a unit, and it's hard to signal out one over the other. Yeah, I had to select... Not to spoil too much, but I just select who who made me laugh more this episode. And I did too. And honestly, there are other people that are in the running for me. Oh, yeah. But Troy and Abed really ran with the assignment in this episode. And they I, I love every bit of it. I and you can tell how much fun they were having doing this. I would have loved a, a, an episode that, that centered more around them than Jeff and Annie. Mm-hmm. If they could have been more of the driving factor of like the whole, if it was like them and Shirley the whole time, that yeah. would have been cool. Annie and Jeff have a little bit of a of a kerfuffle here about their their feelings about what's going on and what the right thing to do is. And I feel like this is a homage moment. I'm sure these big like uh, uh, questions about right and wrong happen a lot on on shows like this. But this is one of the only moments of the episode that maybe it stops and takes a little bit of a breath. You know what I mean? Yeah, this would be like when someone's like, we can't use that evidence, something, something. And they're like, do you want to nail them? And it's like, I want to do it the right way. And it's like, sometimes you have to do things the wrong way to do the right thing. <laughs> sure. That sort of, mm-hmm. I want to take a look at this. We cut to the biology class where it's become a courtroom. And we get this little shot <laughs> of like the stenographer drawing out what's happening. And it's crazy. We've got... It's awesome. Uh, Professor Kane at a table with a castle behind him, and he's holding a sword. Um, he's got the, a crown on his head. Annie's got a Star of David thing next to her. What's going on with Todd? He's like holding his hands next to his crotch, like he's he has got to a pee, cape and a and wizard a, hat and wizard cape. Hat. And he's got a wand with the star. The, well, the, the what's like, funny is, is that, that it's that a Jeff, guy right? who's just no. I think that's the like colonel guy or lieutenant guy. Okay. I, so I thought at first, but then I was like, oh, he's wearing a suit and tie, so maybe it's Oh, Jeff. maybe. But, it looks but like anyway, the, the what's funny about this is that there, I'm sure there are scenes in Law & Order in the courtroom where you see the stenographer doing their thing, and here it's uh, uh, someone who's just doodling in biology yeah. class. But to keep up with the aesthetic, we, we they shoot it as if that's what it is. I love it. And they've it transformed the... the classroom into a courtroom scene, and mm-hmm. it's really great. They did a good job. Yeah. Basically, I mean, guy. yeah. You basically, were right. the I you know, were right. I know, I know. I was thinking God. when you were talking about it, I was tuning it out and thinking about, <laughs> man, I can't wait in a couple of seconds from now to look so smart and like I know all my shit. So basically, the lieutenant is using this opportunity to make Todd look even more of a hero to to these people to the jury it's kind of irrelevant to the case Mm -hmm. that they're talking about all of the nice stuff it's a little tricky tricky i like all the uses of throwing around words like objection sustained withdrawn all throughout this episode uh, the sequence of this episode because you absolutely get it sometimes where you have a lawyer that's like 
painting a picture, but then like withdrawing it, but the jury still like, like let me get it. there, give me a second, let me go. Yeah, yeah. Basically, at the end, uh, he he asked Todd, "Did you do this?" Todd says, "No," and it's done in a way that the jury is is likely to believe him. It seems mm-hmm. pretty on the up and up. But now it's Annie's turn to to interrogate. I guess not interrogate, but to question Todd. I really liked the choice of Annie being the one to do this in this moment. Me too. I think it's a great Annie moment. I think that this this like scene is just so great, and I think Annie really steals this one for me. Like overall, this like part section of, it. of I think the episode. She kills sure. It. Yeah, and I'd love that they were you know paying homage to how. In Law and Order, they would you know split it down the middle, where it'd be the the cops that the the law, or I guess the order, which part are of it. which are, and now this is the Abed law. and Troy and Shirley yeah. to an extent, and yeah, that is cool. One thing that they pointed out on the commentary, it, two things: Chang is in the background of this entire scene, <laughs> never says anything, is making that dead vapid face <laughs> the entire time. It's perfect. The other yeah. thing is there's a shot. Apparently, while they were shooting this, Donald Glover fell asleep on the set for a second. (laughs) And there's a shot of him dozing off, waking up, realizing he was falling asleep and acting again. And obviously, none of that made it in the episode. But there is one shot in here somewhere. I don't know if we passed it yet or not, but where he looks awful sleepy. That's really funny. So Annie is getting down further and further to the root of the matter, uh, uh, getting Todd emotional and more likely to say something. What do you think of her her little string of, uh, that's why you hit your wife, or why you drink and do pills, withdrawn, or are you a virgin, withdrawn? I thought it was acted really I th- well. I thought it was funny, and I think it was a nice like rebuttal going a couple steps further than the lieutenant did earlier. Yes. Is he a lieutenant, or did we just make that up? I think they said lieutenant the first time. Let's okay. go with it. Lieutenant. Yeah. Showing the picture of the yam, and he like can't look at it. Putting it in the face, he can't so look at graphic. it because yeah. it's so graphic, and he knows what he did. And he gives it away. He slips. He says, "No, it didn't." When asked if it made him feel a certain way, but then he realizes that that gives away that he did it, and and he he's caught. Yeah, he's caught. <laughs> so what's going on with Todd? So they don't really explain it, but the lieutenant guy, he's Todd Zippet, and his Todd uncle. says, "Shut up, Uncle Nobby." Are they not army people? Or they are, but that's his uncle, so that's why that's he's the like only staying with him. Okay, and that's why I he got that. But so I thought maybe him. it implied that everything about them was a facade. Oh no, I think that that was true. So Annie gets Todd to confess that he 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 did it, as far as he knows. But Todd doesn't really. He didn't mean to do anything. He doesn't really. Does, he doesn't really know that he's the one that yeah. did all this. He says it was an accident, and it truly was. He wanted to look at their yam, which might have been a little sinister. Mm-hmm. And no one reacts to this at first other than Jeff, but he says, when I picked up the jar, it burnt me, and I dropped it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But Annie isn't really listening to anything he's saying other than that it's a light confession, right? She's gotten yeah. everything that she needs, so so she's going to drop it. And Todd is just horrified by the way that Annie just emotionally <laughs> manipulated him and then is doing a victory dance afterwards. Uncle Nobby is telling Todd's mom about this and, and goes out. And, and Todd's just this sad man. I love that it ends up being Todd didn't do anything. No. And no matter what happens in the show, Todd just can't get a break. 
It's tough out here for Todd. It's, it's super <laughs> tough out here for Todd. <laughs> he just wanted to weave a basket with pine needles. That's it. Kane's heard enough. The The case is closed. But Jeff has a sidebar because he realizes that something else is going on here. He says that they'll take a C, give Todd a C. It's not fair to give Todd a C. This obviously makes Annie really mad. I liked the way that this episode ramped up to its conclusion. I do too. I like that because of the way it's written to mimic a Law & Order episode, it never goes too broad with its Mm -hmm. dialogue, with the emotional side of things. It's kept very very realistic and i think that makes it have more levity even though it's a silly parody totally they've put together that something else is going on why would the jar have burned todd he didn't do this he's not responsible for this it's not more important to win it's important to do the right thing they've got to have a code jeff learned that from kane and that's a nice little moment kane is not the type of character to smile or hug or be friends with the people that he's teaching yeah but that little tiny glance of recognition pretty Mm -hmm. cool this also happens where like somebody will like confess and then all of a sudden they realize they're like wait a second they're lying they're they're covering for their brother who did it and right. it like and then they end up like going to jail and the brother's free and but there's nothing they can do about it. So Jeff then decides to take the stage or whatever to talk to the class or the jury or whatever you want to call it one more time and explains what's really going on here that it was really tough for them to all grow a yam. It shouldn't have been. It's a yam and he yeah. wonders why and he he's figured out what's going on. Uh, because he starts picking up the yams one at a time and dropping them on the ground, which at first is people has people upset because they're thinking, that's our project. You're destroying our project. But mm-hmm. he's showing that they were all already destroyed before anyone dropped a yam because yeah. they've been boiled. That's why the jar was hot when Todd tried to touch it right after uh, everything was closing down. And mm-hmm. that's why it wasn't hot later on because it, they put boiled water that cools down overnight. It's a pretty cool little twist to the episode. It really is. It's good. Even Kane has this face of like, this is deeper than I thought it was going to be. I like mm-hmm. the line, "Water or boiling a yam is the icicle stabbing of murdering a yam. <laughs> <I thought laughs> that was that really was funny. funny. And only one yam wasn't smashed when dropped on the ground, giving away who's been doing this. It's Vicky's yam. Vicky. But then it's another twist because Vicky so clearly didn't do it. But Neil's a good guy. He he's he, he thought he was smarter than everyone, and he almost was. But he's yeah. gotten caught, so he uh, he he explains that it was him. And I, man, I love Neil's little pro- uh, when he professes his love. He <laughs> talks about I just wanted. Vicky did not have to go to summer school so we can finally have sex at my parents' house. Really, really funny. (laughs) I did it for love. God help me. I did it for love. (laughs) And then Todd just screaming and crying because, God, this man's so broken by what these people have done to him. Todd is like almost like a a much less severe, but he's like the rickety cricket who's just like inconsequentially is spiraling out of control because of these people. Well, because this is kind of – it's almost like – a trifecta of main group of friends on a TV show that are actually like whirlpools of chaos for the people mm-hmm. around them and they ruin everyone around them. It's like on the better side of things is community. They're pretty self-centered, but yeah. they're, but their chaos is usually pretty self-contained. Uh, the medium level would be Seinfeld, 
mm-hmm. and and the the shenanigans of that group, and then of course at top the cracked out sunny yeah. <laughs> groups that literally are cesspools of waste and and pain Truly. to everyone they come across. It is kind of a similar dynamic with the study group, but they're certainly not that bad. Mm-hmm. Now we get a perfect scene both to close out the episode and to close out what would be an episode of Law and Order, where they're all drinking and celebrating <laughs> and discussing all of the things that they went through and yeah. all of the decisions they had to make and why one thing led to another thing and why it all paid off. Uh, but like I'm sure Law and Order does, the phone rings and mm-hmm. a cliffhanger is given yeah. off to end the episode. I really liked that when the phone rings, the dean goes to answer his own phone, but Kane picks it up without thinking and answers it. Yeah, that it's was the dean's really funny. office. It's his phone, but Kane delivers this so perfectly. The hello, mm-hmm. and then the I understand, and it's revealed that Starburns, our beloved Alex has died it's a big moment it's yeah it i don't i don't know if you remember it doesn't and spoiler alert i guess to anyone who's watching along for the first time with us he's this doesn't last long for some reason starburns comes back in season five uh so it kind of takes away any weight and there's not a lot of wakes it's a silly character on a silly show but it does have a little bit of weight because community doesn't really do stuff like this yet. No. They've not had a character die. That's serious. And this show is so like all of the goofy wars and battles end as soon as the bit does. Yeah. But someone in this world has gotten themselves killed and the show's never dealt with that before. No, it hasn't. And I know that next week uh, we'll discuss an episode. I believe it's Curriculum Unavailable is what it's called. But we'll discuss uh, an episode that pretty much deals with this. Yeah. Do you remember a lot of this, or are we in a part of the season that's a little foggy? This part's a little foggy for me. I remembered this episode, but I didn't remember all the Starburn stuff. The I remembered that he like, like wasn't dead. Funeral forever. episode. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm excited to dig into that. That's the way they end the episode. And boy, is this an A of an episode. An yeah, a, a so good. Solid A. I don't know if it'll edge its way into my into my Mount Rushmore just because of how strong so many episodes are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I would put this handily as my number. It's probably my number four of this season. Yeah, it's real high up there for me. It's below remedial chaos theory for me. Mm-hmm. It's below last week's for me, and it's below. Um, uh documentary filmmaking but i'd put it above glee i'd put it above i don't know just about the rest of the season yeah it was really high up there for me too intag it's a classic intag but before the intag they get that special thanks to dick wolf chung chung card which really makes it feel like the end of a law and order episode but because it's community we do still get an intag (laughs) it's completely renewed removed from the law and order of it all Uh, Troy and Abed are having a a bunk bed conversation about how they should have more bunk bed conversations, but we pan out to reveal that they're staying in the study room in their bunk beds because their uh, apartment is being fumigated. I like that they went to the point of taking their whole bed with them wherever they were staying to. (laughs) And apparently after Shirley asks how much longer they're going to stay here, their place was done weeks ago or days (laughs) ago, but because of the way they're being taken care of by the dean... Uh, as they stay here, they've decided to stay. The dean always brings them warm milk and creepily but soothingly lullabies them to sleep. And that's where we end. Apparently, well, here's said, my question. 
Where was was Annie staying there too? No, I'm sure Annie had a place to stay. <laughs> with Britta, with parents, with yeah. anybody. Sure. Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to say about this that they said on the commentary is that uh, Jim Rash singing the song wasn't a part of this. That That's was just amazing. something that he did, and he did it differently every time they did a take of it. And when Dan saw like a snippet of it in the editing bay because it wasn't going to be in the episode, mm-hmm. he was like, wait, what was that? Let me watch all of that. And he managed yeah. to piece it together in this way to use it in the episode. You That's can even awesome. kind of tell if you watch Shirley throughout all of it. There are uh, not this shot, but the next shot. It mm-hmm. looks like she either just laughed or is about to. That's a fantastic. It's a really funny bit. Great Dean mm-hmm. moment. Choi and Aved's sleepy faces is really cute. Good stuff. And that's the end of the episode. It's a great episode. I hardly so have, good. I don't think I had a single complaint about this episode. And mm-hmm. I don't think I did last week either. Uh, what a good one-two punch of community episodes we've had. So good. I I think that it's really nice to be at this point in the season again, where things are hitting on like such 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 like high cylinders. It's great. I know that the season finale because it was kind of supposed to serve as a potential series finale i don't mm-hmm. think it's a lot of people's favorites i remember really liking the way that maybe not the chang episode but the 8-bit episode and then the finale yeah. i remember really liking how season three ends so I, i'm looking forward to diving into the rest of it and then going into uncharted territories as we dive into the gas leak year of community with season four mm-hmm. and before that we've got to start making some plans for a season three roundtable yeah, for sure. Got to find some cool it's people coming up to come soon. talk about season three. It is. But for the time being, let's talk about it. MVP for the episode, you go first. I think we're kind of both on the same track of Troy and Abed are mm-hmm. the center of the episode. Did you go with one of them? I did. So my honorable mentions are Shirley, Annie, and Abed. I gave it to Troy because I think Troy had more things that made me laugh. But Abed was, was like just there too. It was great. But you, you gave it to Troy. Mm-hmm. You said it so fast, I almost lost it. My MVP also is Troy, and I think it might be just because he had the first like freak out and need to walk it off, and it was really funny. And also yeah. because of his bit of dressing normal so his backpack will get stolen. Uh, really funny Troy episode. But the cast all around was great. Annie was really great. Shirley was really great. Jeff fit the part in this episode really well. Kane fit this episode really well. Mm-hmm. Starburns even. Man, what a good episode. So, so, so good. But that about does it for us this week. Let's wrap things up here by talking about... i got to look it up real quick. I believe next week's episode is titled Curriculum Unavailable, but I don't trust myself. I know that's the name I, I'm of the al- I'm always right. I don't know why I wouldn't trust myself. I know that is the name of an episode. Yes. next. No, 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 no. Next week is Course Listing Unavailable. There you go. Curriculum Unavailable is the following episode. Next week is Course Listing Unavailable. It's the Starburns funeral episode. We would love for you to send in some trivia, your MVP and favorite funny moments from that episode to us over at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what we do here, if you like that shiny sound of Steven's new microphone, if you want to help us get other things to drive the show further, we have a lot of ideas, but we need to be able to do it the right way. And the people over at Patreon are really helping us do that. We do a lot of bonus content and and we send out things in the mail. And there are all kinds of ways that we like to recognize our patrons. So if you'd like to help us out and get recognized for it, check us out over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. And Steven, you know the drill. Uh, you've got 20 seconds on the clock. <laughs> Tell us where the people can find us for free. 
Okay, you can find us on Twitter over at Stop. You Can't Diss the Pod. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Over at You Can't Diss the Pod. Um, we're on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. We are on Facebook and YouTube under the name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, with the appropriate number of P's and S's. And I think that does it for this week. We've done it. It's It's, it's been done. Ba-da. So let's 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 sign this one off. Let's finish it up from inside the Dreamatorium. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated. Choose larger spaces for your home meth labs. Do it. And I'm Zach. I'm Steven. We'll see you next week. We love you very much. Eat your vegetables. Take care, booger bear. Sorry. Goodbye. Sugar bear. That that was better. <laughs> and we're out. Mm-hmm.